0: by James, Jesus' half-brother. Um, today's verse is uh, subtitled, Listening and Doing, from James 1, 19 to 27. So if you want to get that ready in your Bible, we're going to put it up as well. I think we've got the slides. Um, <clears throat> if you need to go back and listen to what Paul and Steve have already done on this series, I would recommend that. They did a really, really good job. It was brilliant teaching. So if you want to, go back and listen to that. that be. I would recommend that highly. So before we get into the day, uh, the day today's session, let's just pray uh, for this morning. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, as we read your scripture today, words written by your brother James. Open our hearts, I pray, to receive from you. We want to hear from you, Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, just as we've been singing. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come, teach us this morning to understand Your living Word as we study it together, and we ask that in Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah. So let's uh, let's read this uh, passage together that we're going to be looking at today. There's absolutely loads in it, so uh, <laughs> it, it's it's quite uh, it's quite in depth, but we'll read it together. Um, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but doesn't do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that our God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, well, like I said, there's a massive piece of scripture, isn't it? There's so much in it. Could have been here for weeks doing this, but uh, I've done my, I've, what I've done is pulled out the parts that I believe God has on my heart to share this morning. So that's that's what we're doing. There's so much like Paul said last week. I love that. Like Yorkshire teaching. Straight to the point. He he says it as it is, doesn't he, uh, James? So let's start looking at the word then. Listening to the word of God and doing what it says. There are thousands of books that have been written about God. Loads and loads of them. Um, Some of them are very good, very useful. I'm not saying that they're not. The Bible is, however very different, it is set apart the Bible is not words about God, it is the word of God, it's really key, the Bible teaches us in Timothy that all scripture is God breathed, <clears throat> that is what we're talking about, that's what James is referring to when he says the word uh, we can can we just do a little exercise to get us well, some of you are worried already a little exercise um, is in breathing, so it's not, not that hard, <laughs> um, Here's a little demonstration. It goes like this. It's dead easy, isn't it? Can everyone do it? You can all do it with your mask. You have to breathe anyway, don't we? It's not breaking the rules. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's just a little demo. Breathe in, breathe out. It's hard to do one without the other, isn't it? We have to breathe. We have to breathe out. So that's what James is saying. It's what it's like listening and doing for a Christian are what we do together. So it's a bit like breathing in, breathing out. It 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 goes together. That's what James's point is. That's what he's saying. <clears throat> now, uh, now when we do that again, I want you to breathe in, and I want you to think when you breathe in. So you could hold it as well, listening to the word. So listening to the word, and then breathe it out. <sighs> do what it says. <laughs> that little exercise to help us. Yeah. So breathe it in, do what it says. Hold on to that as we go through this morning. You might want to use it all week, actually. See how we go. Breathing's good. We all need to do it, don't we? Um, as we know, this letter was written to the 12 tribes of the Jewish believers scattered among the nations. Steve brought that to us in his word. So there were Jewish converts to the faith in Christ, and they were following Jesus. We know that. When we read, it helps us to put that. put scripture into context it's important to do that so when you're reading any scripture it's always good to think who's this written to what is it for what is it saying so we should do that as we read the word um james says it applies to us oh sorry james james's word we could just say well does that apply to me then because it was written to the jewish uh the scattered believers and it does yes of course it does Remember, all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching and rebuking and training. A lot of us know that scripture, we know that, that piece of the Bible. Um, but it goes on to say that all scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking and training in righteousness, so that every servant of God may be equipped for every good work. That's you and me, that is for us, so don't discount yourself. I believe this is what God wants us to do with this knowledge that we gain through this series in James. God is equipping us; He's equipping you and me to do good works. That is that is His purpose. So we've got a lot to learn from this book as we go through it. It's packed with amazing teaching and so much information that we can take in. But if we don't do anything with it, it's pretty pointless, isn't it? Um, God is definitely equipping us. So. I will learn, uh, I'll warn you now that the first section that I've got for for this morning is by far the biggest. So don't worry, I've got three three chunks. I suppose you could put it in, but the first one is by far the biggest. So don't think, oh, we're going to be here till six o'clock tonight. We won't. I'll, I'll do my best. So, okay, let's get into this scripture. What, what I thought we could do is break it down because it is just such. We've just read it, but it's such a big piece. I, I don't know if you're like me, I can read the Bible and then forget what it said a couple of seconds later. I'll have to read, read it again and again and again to get it to sink in. So can we have slide, slide one up, Tom? Is that okay? My dear brothers and sisters. Yeah, great. So <clears throat> first part then, first section. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen Slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So, we, we, all, uh, we are all loved. James begins by saying, my dear brothers. That means beloved. Uh, that, is, that is where he's coming from, to start with. Brothers and sisters. My dear brothers and sisters, he's coming from a starting point of love. He's going to tell us what we're not to do, but he starts off with establishing it as a root of love. That is, that is really key. That is the first thing, my dear brothers and sisters. If you're a Christian, um, you can't get God to love you anymore. You do know that, don't you? God does not, he will not love you anymore. He already loves you perfectly. Um, God, His love is not—it's not conditional. Uh, it's not that God will love you anymore if you do the Christian stuff better. It's not that He'll remove His love if you mess it up, um, and it's not that it will, if you let Him down, you can't unearn God's love because you never earned it in the first place. So don't don't uh, put, put that on yourself. Actually, I felt that was something we needed to to look at. So. By doing, uh, by doing better, whatever that means as a, as a Christian, by doing things better, it changes absolutely nothing. God loves you exactly as you are right now. So please, please hear that. So from a starting point of, James, of love, James begins by saying, my dear brothers and sisters, addressing, addressing both the sexes equally, it was quite radical in those days. Women had very few rights and or acknowledgements. But he says, take note meaning for us to learn to learn this or to understand it to take what i is about to say seriously that that is it that's basically the gist of what he's saying take note take it seriously james addresses this to everyone all of us men and women that and says that we should be quick to listen slow to speak uh, and slow to become angry so just as a little a little quiz does anyone know the most quoted verse throughout the whole Bible by other authors? You might, I don't think we're allowed to shout out, do you? So other authors throughout the whole of the Bible, all the biblical writings, there is one scripture that is quoted by, more, by, by them all no more times than that. It's the highest one. So you might know, we actually had a, had a bit of it this morning. <laughs> it's uh, from Exodus 34.6, if you got that. And it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. A gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Gracious, loving, compassionate God who is slow to anger, abounding in love and full of faithfulness. I'm thankful for that. I'm sure you are as well. Let's breathe that in and remember the truth. God is what, uh, sorry, the truth of what God is and what James is saying—it's what we should be. So, you know, let's just let's just receive that this morning. Have you ever have you ever spoken to someone and regretted it the minute the the words left you left your lips? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've done it a couple of times that I can remember. I've got a few examples. Uh, the first one goes like this: uh, Hi, how are you doing? I haven't seen you for ages, <clears throat> congratulations, I see that you're pregnant, you must be due very soon. She looked back at me and replied, I, I, I'm not pregnant, and that's not a nice place to be. At work once, uh, their colleague burst into the office, ranting and raving about another member of staff, cursing and swearing all about her, she was, you know, unbeknown to her, this woman's sister was sitting in the corner, looking very, very uncomfortable. <clears throat> I'm sure that we've all got our own embarrassing moments that are coming to mind right now. I'm sure we, we look, we've all done it, haven't we? We've said things that we thought, why did I do that? Um, so let's look at being quick to listen. Have you had, ever had a conversation with someone who has absolutely no interest in you at all? They may be asking you a question, um, but it is just to bring, them, uh, bring you rather, to a controlled conversation about them. Their questions bring you back to their needs, their their viewpoint, their opinions. It just just happens. Uh, It's just the way some people are, isn't it? But Have you ever done that? I've I've witnessed this with uh, people trying to share the gospel, trying to tell people about Jesus. Just don't do it. Be genuine, be real, be honest with people. They see right through fake manipulation. It just doesn't work. It puts walls up. People just don't receive what you've got to say. So... Jesus uh, was a great example of this look at him look at what how Jesus uh, Jesus was how he behaved um, <clears throat> he always asked questions what do you want uh, why are you so afraid what do you want me to do for you there are all things Jesus I mean there was hundreds of examples but Jesus just asked loads of questions and um, Listening is a skill that we all need to learn. We need to practice it and we need to develop it. As a teacher, it's what I do for my, uh, my job. Um, questioning techniques are a major part of, of my work. I use loads of questions to draw out knowledge and assess if learning has been happening in the classroom. It's just questioning all the time. Um, do you know, on, on average, how long do you think a teacher gives a student how long do you think that a teacher gives a student to answer a question after it's been asked? You might have a little think, but uh, you might be shocked at how fast it is. Um, it actually, the the answer to that is it, it's somewhere in between 0.7 of a second, so it's not long at all, and one and a half seconds maximum. So it's somewhere in that sort of like little little space. So that's asking a question and then answering it straight away or thinking, you know, because we can get that uncomfortableness, can't we? You can ask a question and then there's a, that silence where someone doesn't know anything. I've got to move on, got to move on, but we, we've got to be better at that, listening. So active listening means to engage with a person. It's not just listening to them, uh, it, it's hearing them. We've got to listen to what they're, to what they're saying. Now Liz, my wife is absolutely terrible at listening when she's tired. So I've realised that that she's available to listen in the morning, and that is when she's at her best. How's your listening skills? Are you good at listening to each other, to your friends, family, partners? Are we good? Um, We'll all have have our good and bad points, won't we? (laughs) Uh, We're a funny bunch, really. We can also hear what is not being said. See, if this is your tendency... Don't just think it's the way that I am. If you, need to, you might need some healing prayer. People can tell you something with the best intention at heart, but all we hear is the negative. Yeah? If that's you, good news is that you can deal with it. God will, will help you with that, but we need, you might need some prayer. So pe- People can also uh, give you amazingly critical and cutting feedback too. Interestingly, this often comes when we're not even asking for it. I don't know if that's me or if you've all found that as well. Um, without, without my lovely wife, I would, have, I would be totally oblivious to all the things that I need to do better. Um, I really would. <laughs> so, so listening to people is one aspect of listening. But we should also consider listening to God. You remember the story of Samuel. Uh, he heard God call him three times. And he thought it was Eli, Eli. Eventually, he took Eli's advice. And uh, when, when God spoke to him, he said, Samuel, Samuel. And you, you know what his reply was? He said, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Are you listening to God? If you're not, what is distracting you? What is, what is blocking God speaking to you? Because he is. God is speaking to you and he wants to speak to you. So whatever it is, just get rid of it. We need to throw that away because we need to hear what God is saying to us. It's really important, isn't it? So in this verse, James is also saying we should be slow to speak and consider our words carefully. That's what he's really saying. We should think about it before we speak. And like I said, we could avoid lots of embarrassments and hurtful things that we've said and regret afterwards if we did that and put that into practice. So think about it before you speak. Is it loving? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Is it godly? I know it's a lot of, it's a big list to go through, isn't it, before you say something, but just to, to practice that is a good skill to do. Um, we know at the time <clears throat> that James lived, and we can see it today that people are very, very quick to become angry. Uh, you don't if you didn't go along with the Jewish leaders of the day and you followed Jesus, and chose to follow Jesus, they would get very angry indeed. Um, In their views, this was a a very godly, righteous anger. The anger that often led them to stoning you to death, or to being crucified. We know that James was thrown from the highest point of the temple in Jerusalem, where interestingly, just a few years earlier, Satan had tempted Jesus do you remember what Jesus has said to, to Satan in uh, Matthew, 4, uh, 4, Matthew 4? Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. But that, that's another preach in its own right. Uh, we know that, that from historical accounts, James was thrown off the pinnacle, the high point of the temple, but he didn't actually die from his fall. Um he was beaten to death. Um, <clears throat> he was beaten to death after his fall, which is pretty horrific, really. Um, and it was carried out in the name of godly, righteous anger by the order of the high priests, men who were obviously not listening to God at all. If you haven't already realized, or you don't know, let me say that your words really matter. They have power to bless and to curse, so choose to bless. I was reminded uh, right when I was preparing this that I was praying for a, for an elderly man once. Uh, he was a mature Christian, and he just broke down in floods of tears. They were good tears. It was it was actually healing tears, really good. God spoke to him, and he just said, "I love you." I mean, it's one of them. It's three three words, isn't it? "I love you." That's what he said. And he, he also said to this guy, this, this is God speaking, it wasn't, wasn't me, it was what God said. He said, uh, I, I am proud of you. You see, we hear that God loves us a lot. It's, uh, as an example, we hear in scripture, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Um, it's a really famous passage, even non-Christians know it. Jesus loves you, etc. You hear that said a lot. But this man's father had told him that he didn't love him and that he was a disappointment to him. That's what he'd said to his son, that you were a disappointment and, a, and I don't love you. And that man had carried it all of his life. He'd carried that all of his life. Very, very hurtful words that were spoken. As he forgave his dad, the lie was lifted from him. It was just, God just took it off him. Because he believed that God didn't love him either. He was wonderfully loved by God all along he just didn't feel it and he just never truly believed it that guy was in no doubt right then that god really really loved him it was brilliant to see father god just release him from them lies that he had believed and he carried all that time because of a few negative words that had been spoken over him so just you know i just was reminder of that story i thought it's really important isn't it words that we speak they mean they matter words matter what is said over us. It really does. So when others speak negatives uh, or they speak speak words over us that we don't like, and they will, words of criticism, dismissal, it could, uh, you know, we can easily respond in anger, especially in the heat of the moment. Responding from a place of hurt and anger usually makes the position much worse and nearly always discredits our witness as Christ's servants. Very, very, you know, nearly always. How many uh, relationships have we broken? How many marriages have been destroyed by not being able to keep our mouths shut? You know, how many, uh, how much better would it be to let God defend our position, not us? Rather than defending ourselves by getting angry, hasty speech, it leads us to a place that we should never have got to. If you're not convinced by that, you might have your own opinion. Look at Jesus again. Innocent, perfect, spotless. He stood accused before Pilate and he said nothing. Perhaps you need to be humble to get rid of moral filth and anger that doesn't lead to righteousness that God desires. Just as those Jewish leaders who, came, who killed James didn't do. You, uh, you may be raging with righteous anger yourself. I've heard it said, you know, God gets angry. I can get angry, you know. I've heard that said. Um, You may have the burning desire to tell everyone what they're doing wrong, but listen, you don't have to. It's not your job. Remember, human anger doesn't lead to the righteousness that God desires. Let God be the one who puts people to right, not us. It's not our job. I think it's. I think it's time for a breath. Let's, we'll receive that if you need to, yeah. Breathe it breathe in. Receive God's word. Right. When we read so much about God, we can learn all there is to learn. Um, you know, we can learn academically about God so much. We can study the scriptures. We can be so educated in religious teachings and theology, but not actually know God at all. I've got a, an, an illustration here. Is that uh, is the eggs there, Tom? Oh, there they are. There we go. (laughs) Um, Now you might think, why has he he put that up? But I'll explain. (laughs) The word of God is planted in you, just like the little the little crest. Anyone who's been had kids or grandkids or um, been a kid yourself, I think that's most of us, isn't it? So, um, You'll have probably done this with cress, made a little, you know, little cress, planted some cress seeds. It's amazing. You, put the, you, you feed it a bit of water and put them on the windowsill and they grow. And the kids love it. It's great fun. And you think, wow, that's amazing. And it just grows into these incredible little cress plants. So that's what James is saying it is like. The word is planted in you. God has planted the word in you. It needs watering, it needs care and it will grow and it will will become stronger and stronger and it can save you. That's what James said. To humbly accept this means saying, God, I may think that I have it all sorted. I may know all there is to know about creation, about science, the church, the Bible, whatever it is, you might think you know everything. But before you, God, the creator of heaven and earth, I humbly accept that I know nothing that is that is humbly accepting it. Again, time for another big breath. <laughs> you know, get receive that. That's the that's that's the first part. And I told you there was a lot in there. And I, I thought what would be good. We're not allowed ministry time, uh, um, like as in let's pray for that because there might be some things that have you know just stirred up in you actually this morning. So I thought it'd be good. We I I, I wanted just to pray now before we move on. I was like all right, so. If you want to pray, pray this with me, That you know, pray it in your heart, that would be, be great. God just wants to, just to, you know, just to give us that confirmation of his love again this morning. Yeah, so thank you, Father God, that you love me. Yeah, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've planted your word in me. Mm. And Father, I repent for not nurturing and caring for the word that I have received. Yeah. I receive your forgiveness right now. And Lord, I pray for myself today and I take responsibility to put your word into action. I will be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Yeah, thank you, Lord. And speak to me, Lord, your servant is listening. Yeah. And he asks this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Well, great. So, doing well so far. Hope you're all still with me. Part two, the next chunk, if you like, um, it's nowhere near as long. So, that, like I said, that first part, was there was much more in it. So, from, from 22, or oh, he's already got it up. Brilliant. So, from 22, it says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says... Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So James is comparing the word of God to a mirror. When we look at the word, what reflects back in our lives? What do our friends see? What do our work colleagues see? What do our family see? Uh, there's a quote here from the biblical scholar and theologian, Liz Kennedy. You can't, uh, yeah. you can't change the world if you look just like it. Liz Liz has loads of these by the way but that's that's one of them. You can't change the world if you look just like it and it's true as Christians we should stand out we should be a reflection of the living word in the world around us wherever that would be whatever we're doing. Following Christ is not an academic exercise it's not academic exercise that's key it is a lifestyle. James states that we are deceiving ourselves not anyone else. It's not God. He doesn't deceive us, as Paul said last week. Satan isn't to blame. He's not deceiving us. It's not your wife or your husband. It's not their fault. It's Paul, uh, sorry, <laughs> James is saying that it is us who deceive ourselves. We c- we can read the Bible, put it down, and just go and do the exact opposite. Or is that is that just me that does that? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, the way to overcome this problem, James says, is to read the word intently. Do it with a desire to learn with an appetite to understand the word. You know, we need to understand what the word is, what the word of God is. We need to, we need to read it, we need to um, understand it. Read it and live it. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Breathe it in, breathe it out. That's the way to remember. So part three, moving on. We're getting through it now. So that's from uh, verse 26, yeah. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world Remember, reading in context is important, like I said earlier. James was born into the religion of Judaism. He was writing to the 12, the 12 tribes, scattered Jewish brothers and sisters. That's who he addressed his letter to. James is calling out anyone who, who labels themselves as religious but doesn't control their tongue. Such people are lying to themselves, he says. We need to learn from this and not be religious hypocrites ourselves. Maybe uh, we can keep a few commandments or uh, refer to ourselves as a religious follower. We read uh, the word of God and then do not do what it says. That's what he's saying, don't be like that. The sense of keeping a, a rein on the tongue that James is giving is a bit like uh, a bit in a horse's mouth. Um, it's only a little bit, isn't it, in a, in a horse uh, that they, they use to, to steer it. But It's a big animal and they use that little bit to steer it. And he's saying that a bit, the tongue's a bit like that. Or another, another illustration is it's a, a, a big ship only has a small rudder, a little rudder that steers a huge ship. And the tongue is very much like that. There's the, that's the, the imagery, if you like. Um, the tongue is only a very small part of the body uh, and it needs to be controlled. Keep a tight rein on the tongue. As James says, uh, no man can tame it. I think that, that's a little bit later, James, in James 3 it says that you can't tame the tongue. We need God's help to do it. James is reinforcing the point again to be slow to speak by learning to tame the tongue. I, I had a good friend once that uh, when I was first saved and I accepted Jesus as my saviour, I changed, I became, I, I became aware of Jesus obviously and, and my life began to change. And he just couldn't understand what I believed in. Um, he just couldn't see why I had to go to church. Uh, he, he was from a, a Catholic, um, Italian Catholic family, and he had the theology, his, his own theology, uh, that he could do what he wants. He was saved. You don't have to do anything, you know, just do what I can do what I want. Um, No, it wasn't because he didn't believe he was saved because he had any faith in Christ or any belief in God. He just believed he was under this protection of the family. Um, that he was saved because his family were Catholics, not because of anything else, just that, that his family were Catholics. And I'm not saying that this is the Catholic Church teaching at all. I know, I know it isn't. Um, but I believe this is what James is saying about worthless religion. Read God's word. It's pretty clear how we are saved. Jesus teaches us that uh, you have to be born again. Uh, you're not born born uh, into Christianity by natural birth. It's supernatural. It's a relationship with Almighty God through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus on the cross. So, if you don't know Jesus, listen. Jesus stands at the door of your life and he knocks. Invite him in. He is knocking. You will know that he's knocking, if, if that's you, you know that. You know that you can just feel it, he's, he's just knocking at your at the door of your life. And his promise is to come in and to be with you, and he'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. So just let him in. It uh, really is as simple as that. Open the door to Jesus. So well, back to the passage then. Uh, we're, we're coming to an end, by the way, and I haven't got much more left, so don't worry, Uh Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. So as with the other verses, we need to carefully understand the point at hand. What is pure religion? Uh, James is not restricting this as the only correct religion. It's not literally to care for two people groups, widows and orphans. That's not what he's saying. At the time, James wrote these examples. Widows and orphans were, uh, were a representation of society's most helpless members. They were, they were as bad as it could get. Widows would, uh, would have no income. They would have no food. They would be as, really as bad as it could possibly be. In those days and orphans were at risk from all sorts of exploitation from sexual abuse all sorts of evil depravity that were sold into slavery children were forced as uh, to fight as gladiators just you know to die for entertainment just like in uh, in these days that we're living in right now there are people who do horrific things and take advantage of vulnerable people and children James is just using that as an example However, of course, we do need to listen and uh, we need to look after orphans. I'm not saying that either. Uh, Widows and orphans need Jesus too, even in these days. Of course they do. We uh, We should be reflections of the word, remember. Doers of the good works that God has prepared for us. Not just hearing the word, but doing what it says. Who should you be caring for? Who is God calling you to look after? Who's the vulnerable and the and the in need people that are around us right now that we that God is saying, there they are, they're the widows and orphans of this time, they need help. Who is it? You you know God God will be speaking to you, so ask Him. Um, time it's time for a big breath. I think again, are you ready? <laughs> we need to breathe that in, don't we? There's a lot, so much in this scripture. Um. We do just breathe that in, yeah. Receive from you, God, and do what you say. Um, there's so much in that passage, but remember, God is equipping you for doing good works. That's what that's what is that's what it's all about. He is preparing and equipping you for good works. So let's pray as we uh, as we close again. And if you want to make this your prayer. By all means, join with me and, and uh, receive what God's saying to you this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father God, that your love is for me. Yeah, thank you that's for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you came into the world and you died for me. Mm. And thank you, Jesus, that you were sacrificed in my place. Your love has set me free. You are my righteousness. And Lord God, I receive and understand more of your word today. I choose to go into the world and reflect you and your word to the lost and to those most in need all around me. Thank you, Lord. Every breath I have is given by you, Lord. Remind me to breathe in your word daily and remember who I am and to breathe out your living action, doing what you say. And we ask that today, in your name, Jesus.